This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is a highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second past. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with our early episodes where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. On this week's episode, we talk about the rebirth of FTX exchange and get some insights from someone who's lived through the pain and lost money in last year's meltdown and what it means for those who got burnt. We chat through Coinbase's new L2 blockchain base, which launches this week, and we've got a mover and shaker of the week, and this one is Optimism. We'll tell you a little bit about why that token has been pumping. My name's Tracy, and finally, Craig is back from his epic holiday. We were sick of seeing the photos, so it's three of us again. Welcome, boys. Good to have you back, Craig. Thanks, guys. I'm tanned. I've taken a huge break from the markets, but it seems like nothing's really been happening. I don't know. I've been listening to the podcast and it seems I just got caught up on the way home and it's been good to have a bit of a break. Yeah. Look, you just you just hit the nail on the head there. Nothing's happened in the markets. I reckon we're probably at the same place we were when you left a month ago. Yeah, literally. Like Ethereum and Bitcoin, same price. Fear and greed, still neutral. It's just a bit boring right now, isn't it? Mate, is this correlation or causation, guys? <laughs> Craig, not trading. Look what happens. <laughs> True. I've stopped pumping the markets. I'm back now, so we'll see the markets turn around. Well, look, it's good to have you back and I'm glad that you're nice and rested and you're ready to jump back into some crypto news. So let's do that with story number one. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the current state of play. Coinbase is being sued. Binance is being sued. So both are being basically choked out of the US, but FTX Exchange is relaunching. Mm. Mm. Are we in the twilight zone? Yeah. After much speculation, FTX has officially submitted a proposal to restart its services for non-US customers. How do we feel about this and what do we actually know, Blake? Yeah, you know, there's a lot going on here. It looks like um, there's been a lot of assets that have been found, um, $7.1 billion and maybe a couple billion dollars in cash, um, which means that they can, you know, get the business back up and running, um, you know, those people that are creditors to the administration uh, may not get all of their funds back, but it looks like they might get a majority of their funds back. We're think, looking, you know, 
50 to 70% at least. So that's really great to hear. Um, and there's, you know, as we've heard, there's a line of people looking to buy or acquire NTX mm. from you know, the administrators, um, which is interesting as well. Um, but you know, it's a valuable asset. It's, it was a great product. Um, there's millions of users there. And there's a potential for somebody to turn that into a very prosperous business. So what we, we talked about a few episodes ago now that there were literally over 100 different entities looking to buy this, but we still have no idea, do we, on, on who it is that will be taking this off? That's right. And, you know, it might be worth pointing out as well that we're talking about, you know, the global organisation, which has, you know, subsidiaries or entities based in Europe, based in Australia uh, and based in other jurisdictions and, and that a purchaser would be acquiring all of them. Right, okay. You got any thoughts on this one, Craig? What, what's SPF? What's he got to do with this? Or is he completely out of the game now? I would say he's completely out of the game now, yeah. And have you guys heard the conspiracy that he did that be that bold hack? Have you guys heard about this? I did read a little bit about this last week, but, but fill us in. Okay, so there was this project called Bold, which was a B- meme bold. coin on yep. Bold, meme coin on base. Mm-hmm. And it did like millions of percent increase in like a week and but you couldn't bridge off so once you were in you couldn't get out and then it literally got rugged and there's like wallets twitter um handles that are people like are connecting it back to sbf as like an elaborate way to recover the ftx hole but i don't know if it's true but i think you know it wouldn't surprise me with no this yeah, it just I, keeps on unraveling, keeps on going, and it's mm, yeah, it's insane. Now we did speak to a well-known crypto trader, Dax from Crypto Dojo here in Australia. Dax has been vocal at offering up input and help to make sure that those affected had their claims sorted via the correct legal channels. We thought he would be the best person to get an idea of how the feeling was out there amongst the trader community and ask him a few questions um, earlier this week. What is it that you and the other creditors are pushing for? Do you like the idea of a token? The the creditors and the community of creditors would like to see a debt token for sure that is tradable. So, you know, if people want to get access to any of the gap that they're not going to get back from the debtors uh, when they do give the final payout, we can trade that straight away or, you know, we can hold it to maturity and get paid out over time by the exchange fees. All right. So just to give a little bit more context about what a debt token or a utility token um, for creditors could look like is that, you know, when when I used to use Bitfinex back in, you know, 2016, 2017, they were hacked for hundreds of millions of dollars. And they said that they would pay back um, their customers through revenue, but it could take several years, right? So what they did was they created a token that, and anyone that had debt received the token, and it was you know, initially trading, I think, 10 cents or even 30 cents in the dollar. So if you wanted to recover 30% of your debt, um, you could sell that token down, right? However, over time, it became clear that they were paying down 
um, the debt uh, Bitfinex was, and this was adding to value of the token. Uh, they were people were eventually made whole, and then this actually became an asset that people traded online. And uh, not from from memory, people could also leverage trade it. <laughs> <laughs> the debt token. Economics right now. Yeah, yeah, but they they came through in the end, and I think what people are wanting here is a similar thing. For example, if creditors only receive fifty cents in the dollar or seventy cents in the dollar and the project FTX restarts, then they want a share of the revenue moving forward until their mm. debt is fully recovered. And this is a really interesting mechanism to keep all of the users on the on platform the exchange. and mm. promoting it. As well as that, I think creditors are pushing to have um, to be equity holders in the holding, global holding mm. company. So you know, the, the creditors could actually end up making some really well. good money out of this. Obviously, it's going to take some time and they're going to have to be patient. But um, if they, they execute this well, um, it's going to be an incredible feat. That leads into another question that we asked Dax, which was how the users are feeling about using the FTX exchange again. In terms of like why would people use that exchange, right? So, for example, if you have you know $100,000 or you know a couple of million dollars on FTX right now and maybe you get back 50 or 70% and you know you know if you trade on that exchange, it's going to add liquidity to the books and the fees that you're paying eventually going to come back to you over time, you know, and also it sort of like creates an entire army of promoters for that exchange as well. You have literally 200,000 to a couple of million people that want everyone to use that exchange. I think there's not that many quality exchanges at the moment in the crypto space. So if they can come out and build a lot of trust because of everything that's happened you know they have a good vc company buys them and they you know they do things the right way and they have a really strong custodian that's separated from the business that buys them uh and you know they don't have a hedge fund that's trading against the traders using their own capital like all the other ones seem to be doing at the moment it could be a place where uh, it ends up performing very very well so we'll have to wait and see I might just point out one thing that I think we missed here is that um, one of the key factors that increased the pool of assets um, was that they removed all executives as from the list of creditors um, as, I suppose, a punishment. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's that's one of the, the other factors that, um, that's contributed to people getting a little bit of extra money back. But kind of continuing on from that thought as well, um, you know, FTX had a massive venture book, which means they invested into hundreds of companies um, and many AI, a lot of AI. AI companies mm. that have done really well in this latest AI boom. So some of these companies, I think, have done a 10 or 20x. Mm. So these things are really helping ch chip off um, the debt for creditors. So there you go. It remains to be seen who will take the reins and exactly how it rolls out. But it seems there's some hope for those affected FTX users in this rebirth, ladies and gentlemen. Coinbase is launching their base layer two blockchain. Starting this Thursday, users will be able to bridge their ETH with the official launch of the main net. Base is the latest Ethereum layer two network developed using Coinbase's OP stack. And that's on Optimism. Although Base Testnet was launched back in February, the main net goes live on August the 9th. Craig, do you want to tell us a little bit more about Base? Yeah, so Coinbase, as we know, is going to be a layer two in the on the Ethereum blockchain, which is pretty much 
a whole new network with cheaper gas fees, quicker transaction sizes. So Coinbase are trying to do what Binance have been doing. So Binance launched their own smart chain called Binance Smart Chain, which is essentially a fork of Ethereum. And now Coinbase are launching their own layer two called Base, which is going to be built on top of Optimism, which we'll talk about in the Movers and Shakers. But this has kicked off you know, a bit of an on-chain summer where a lot of people are trying to bridge over to the new layer two. There's companies like Coca-Cola, Artari, OpenSea, all building applications and making art on base. So it's going to be really interesting. It's going live tomorrow. Actually, at the time of recording, it would be going live now. So mm. it's going to be really interesting to see how the market reacts, especially with the Coinbase share price and see you know, how many users actually jump over. And I know we are saying before that, you know, they've come out and said that there is no plans for a token. But as you know, early adopters do tend to get rewarded in these situations. And look, Layer 2s definitely are the flavour of the season right now. Blake, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, you know, obviously Binance did a similar thing with Binance Smart Chain. Um, they want to open up. Um, the world of DeFi for their organization uh, and build products and services on chain, um, essentially. Coinbase is a, is a centralized application. They want to diversify their offering clearly and mm-hmm. create value um, for um, their shareholders, but also de-risk a little bit. And I think from a regulatory point of view, um, you know, these platforms um, like uh, these, these side chains and, and layer two chains are a little bit more regulatory safe right now. Um, because it seems like the centralized players are you know, getting sued left, right, and center, mm. as you see. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great move, um, and it does stick it to Binance a little bit, <laughs> uh, trying to compete with them. Um, you know, Binance did so well um, with the Binance Smart Chain and Pancake Swap and all the dApps that build on top of them, all the NFT activity. That feels like forever ago, but when was that? And all the de- – I'm sure it was less than two years ago, yeah. Mm. So, no, I think it's it's an incredible um, incredible thing. And, yeah, no, it's, it's great to see them evolve. And I think this was Brian Armstrong's um, long-term vision, mm-hmm. you know, to become a, a company that – builds products and services across the whole ecosystem, um, centralized or decentralized. Don't forget, like Coinbase have a huge venture team where they've been investing in DeFi, Web3 projects built on Ethereum. And I guess now there'll be the intention to get all those guys building on base. And they've got millions of users, 120 billion assets on the platform. So it just seems like an obvious value add for Coinbase. Mm, There you go. Coinbase adapting to the market and moving forward. Time now for our mover and shaker of the week. Everyone loves a crypto pump and each week or two we will feature a cryptocurrency or token or project that is grabbing attention and popularity in the market. We want to share the reasons why it's on the rise and what utility and value it holds. This week we take a look at Optimism or OP which we've just mentioned in the previous story. This monthly move has been 46%. So Craig, what is it? Yeah, so we've just gone through this a little bit. So Optimism is a popular layer two solution that makes transactions on Ethereum cheaper and faster. Very similar to Arbitrum. They're both actually probably competitors. So Optimism now has 120,000 users, 850 million in total value locked. They've actually overtaken Arbitrum with transactions and users in the last few months, which is, you know, translated into this token pump. So all of the 
dev environment and all of the users are now trying to bridge over to optimism, get involved and try to be the early users on these new Coinbase products. Um, so as you know, or actually we've covered this before, but optimism was actually one of the big airdrops that happened probably around six months ago. So um, now I guess all the sellers of the airdrops have ran out and now optimism is now sort of in its second phase. What do you think, Trace? Yeah, look, that's a big one. It's definitely contributed to, but there's also a second reason that that pumps occurred and another really well-known um, project. What's that, Blake? Yeah, exactly right, Trace. Worldcoin has um, also decided to launch on optimism. Um, while the release has been controversial to say the least, um, you know, it's helped uh, optimism bypass or surpass the Arbitrum daily transaction number um, for the first time. And as a result, um, Optimism is up 13% over the last week and 46% over the last month. Massive gains. Uh, and yeah, so Craig, did you sell your airdrop? My Arbitrum one? No, I haven't. Oh, watch out. Nice work. <laughs> I'm hodling. I'm hodling. Yeah, there you go. You got a bit of um, bit of long-term commitment to the project. That's good to hear. Look, a lot of projects are also committing to the OP stack. So this one could be one to keep your eye on, folks. OP Optimism. Before we head into the break, let's chat really quickly about Litecoin, boys, or LTC, because this one has been a bit of a build-up for the last two or three months to their halving event, which actually took place last week on the 2nd of August. This one's also been a coin that we all speak about um, in our little chat groups as well. But so far, uh, the Litecoin uh, halving hasn't really done much for the bullish price, actually. It's uh, quite the opposite. The price of the coin is down 8.5% since the event, trading at around 8 8220 at time of recording. So all the price action that was positive happened in the lead up to the halving, uh, hit $110 early in July. Why has this happened, Blake, do you think? Yeah, is it kind of, you know, buy the news and, and sell the event type of type of deal? Potentially. Um, buy the rumour. Uh, buy the rumour. Buy the rumour, yeah, and sell it. Could be. Um, it's, just a, it's just a sign of how boring this crypto market is that our yeah. group chat <laughs> and Twitter was getting excited over Litecoin halvening, a coin uh, that no one's used since 2017. I think it's just a sign that we're just looking for something to do. We're looking for something to trade. And it was a narrative that did pick up and then it, yeah, it's over. Yeah, I think it might be worth drawing some um, similarities and parallels between Litecoin and Bitcoin here because, you know, generally when the Bitcoin halvening happens, um, you know, we see massive price appreciation. Um, but we don't see that with Litecoin because it's such it's not a dominant player in the ecosystem. And Litecoin is a copy of Bitcoin. It's just it runs a little bit faster. Um, it has some cheaper fees. So it's very similar um, in dynamics. It just, uh, yeah, it looks like it's primarily used, however, for speculation now. Yeah, so just following off that, Blake, the Bitcoin halvening is now 252 days whoop, away. Whoop, so whoop, 26th whoop. of April, what's that, Q2 next year? Getting closer. Um, I tend to believe that Q1 next year, I think it gets to start heating up, Trace. I think Ooh. we're going to be back to the races. Oh, bully and Craig's back. <laughs> everyone DCAing. <laughs> Just stay in there. Stay in the game. Uh, all right. With that, we'll take a break, folks, and when we come back, our short, sharp news bites. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're listening to The Crypto Curious. And before we head into our short, sharp news bites, I want to give a quick shout out to all our very loyal Bamboo users today, all the legends who are still DCAing through the bear market, hanging in there. Well done, folks. Give yourself a pat on the back. Now, loads of news making it into uh, the Short Sharp News Bites this week. So let's get into it. Craig, you're up first. Yeah, so big news today. PayPal are launching their very own stablecoin called PayPal USD. I do believe we reported on this about a year ago, and I think PayPal put it in the bin Mm -hmm. because they're worried around the US. Yeah. The US regulations. But now they're doing it. It's official. So the dollar... Peg stablecoin will be backed by cash equivalents and short-term treasuries issued by Paxos, which were the crew that were doing the Binance BUSD. Um, so they're going to become a part of the PayPal ecosystem, which is super exciting Huge. and yeah. um, makes a lot of sense for them because obviously you're going to be sending people money, you're going to be selling transactions and stablecoins is pretty quick. So huge news. I think uh, I might just give her a bit of a reflection here to say that I think PayPal could end up being one of the biggest players in the crypto ecosystem moving forward. I believe they, they bought an organization called Curve a couple of years ago, who were the main competitor to Fireblocks, who are the biggest custodian, or one of the biggest custodians in the sector. Um, and they, they're an Israeli group. And uh, PayPal brought them uh, to, uh, and obviously this was a mature um, you know, custody platform. Yeah, I just think that they've been positioning um, very, very strongly in this sector, buying up a very, very valuable assets. Um, and I think that they're going to continue to invest heavily and innovate in the space. Just off that, Blake, they also own Vemo. I know we don't use Vemo here, but Vemo is like... You mean Vem- Venmo? Venmo? Venmo. So like Blake shouts me dinner, I'll just flick him a fiver or a 50 and then it's all covered. But also it's another important thing to note that the PayPal USD is an ERC-20 on Ethereum. So all that volume will be gone to Ethereum. There you go. Moving on. The orbs have been temporarily suspended in Kenya. Authorities have trust issues and I'm... I completely understand this. And they want to assess whether the eyeball scanning project poses any risk to Kenyan citizens. So will this be the first of cities that make a move and ban this? I'm not sure, but there you go. Yeah, I might make a point here and say that, you know, WorldCoin could create a lot of trust by just coming out and saying that, hey, once we scan your retina, we're going to delete it permanently. But they haven't come out and said that. Why not? Are they going to use it later? And for what purpose? Because they don't need it again, do they? Yeah, it's just meant to be for issuance. So they have, you know, behind the scenes plans of what they're going to do with, you know, people's biometric data, which is really interesting, I thought. (laughs) 
This shit, this shit's scary. This is like Black I'm, Mirror. Honestly, he's actually watched an episode of that last night. It was freaky. Mm, okay, Blake, what's up next? All right, a British museum is partnering with Ethereum-based metaverse game, The Sandbox, to create NFT digital collectibles um, reflecting the museum's collections. And I think we said this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we're going to see more of this. Another museum. Yeah, that was doing the Van Gogh. Van Gogh exhibition. Mm. This is a great way for, you know, um, the museums to promote themselves, to create a new revenue stream, um, to create interesting perks and incentives for you know their members or their visitors. Yeah, the museum will establish its own interactive space, joining other cultural icons like Snoop Dogg and McDonald's and Adidas. Yeah, it's a part of the museum's efforts to um, you know support innovation and explore it. So I think yeah, it's just a matter of time but, that we see most museums doing this on museums and art and. Etc. So Beeple, who is the dude who sold the most expensive NFT, he's just bought his first ever CryptoPunk for 208k. And it just seems that CryptoPunks are the only ones that anyone cares about now. Four day boot names have been on a downward spiral, but people are still spending big dollars on CryptoPunks. Another one this morning that sold for 500 ETH, which is just under a mil. And even like in our group chat, people are saying that punks are the ones that will stay around. Well, they're the OG, aren't they? They were the original. The Bitcoin of NFTs. So Mm -hmm. if you can afford one, Jace, I'm sure you've got a few. Oh, yeah. I'll just check the bottom of the couch for sure. So this one's really cool also. Kraken, the official crypto and Web3 partner of Williams Racing, has a very cool competition running. It's called the Rear Wing Takeover. It's an opportunity to put your NFT on the spoiler or the, the wing thing at the back of the race car uh, and get it put out there on the global stage. So this will go out to the Formula One in the United States Grand Prix later this year. And Kraken's saying that their mission is to help accelerate the adoption of cryptocurrency that everyone can achieve financial freedom and inclusion. But it's a really cool idea. You get to put which one of your NFTs um, that you want on the wing and everyone gets to vote. I think Kraken, the head dudes are going to pick two of them and then the public gets to pick the other ones. But that's a, a super cool idea by Kraken. All right, cool. So last week we reported on a hack um, that happened on Curve and you know, this week Alchemix has reported the return of some of the stolen funds. Um, so the attacker started returning stolen funds after accepting a bug bounty of almost $7 million. Uh, and the original attack took place on 30th of June, which involved about, I think it was $61 million um, of crypto, uh, including $30 million of Alchemixes. Um, so, yeah, this guy, he's, you know, was um, he received a 10% bug bounty for the uh, amount of crypto that he stole, and he accepted that and is now returning all the assets. So this is pretty interesting development. Uh, and they said that they wouldn't uh, you know, press charges against him. Um, so you know, he's taken the deal, $7 bucks, a pretty good wicket, uh, and the damage isn't too bad to those participants from um, the Curve ecosystem. Yeah, I think that's really cool, the whole uh, the bug bounty and they got some cash back. What's up next, Craig? Not really crypto, but Robinhood, which is a fintech app in the States, they've finally become profitable in the second quarter of 2023, which is pretty impressive. However, their crypto revenue is declining. According to its report, crypto transactions shrunk by 18% down to $31 million. So it just shows the lack of appetite there. But yeah, everything else seems to be going good. 
And look, we've got another big name as a crypto ambassador. This one is a crypto derivatives platform called BitGet has announced a one-year partnership with an actor and comedian named Adam Devine. Now, this one is a really cool rebranding strategy. I really like this one and we'll put a link into the ad below. It's not quite as grand as the... Um, be brave of Matt Damon that was crypto.com. This one's more tongue-in-cheek. It fits more the profile of Adam Devine, who is the comedy dude. And this one's more set for change. Uh, and I really like the way that uh, they're moving forward with this. So we so really did get hit with the Tom Brady's and the Matt Damon's, specifically because Matt Damon came out and said that he only took that job so that he could um, give the money to some charity basically saying he didn't really believe in crypto, where Adam Devine's really behind this one. So um, really like this one and think it's pretty cool from BitGet. Next up, Amazon Prime is giving out free NFTs uh, for the Web3 game called Mojo Melee. Uh, Amazon Prime subscribers are eligible to claim a free package that includes NFTs and in-game currency for the game. So guys, if you're a, if you're a member, check it out. Mm, I am. I'm going to have a little look at that one. I've set my uh, reminder. Look, finishing off, because that's all of our short, sharp news. This one isn't news, but something to look out for. On August the 13th this week, we're going to see the first key deadline for the SEC to approve or deny a Bitcoin ETF. Now, this one's through uh, ARK Invest. Obviously, we know since then there have been nine other Bitcoin FT, uh, ETFs filed, and some of those for some really large asset managers in the world, including BlackRock and Fidelity. Look, we don't expect this one to be approved. We we think this, the can will be kicked down the road until potentially, I think it's February. Uh, but again, you never know. There's a small chance that it will get approved. And then then I think basically the, uh, the gate's open to the bull paddock but again that's uh this august the 13th so let's let's keep our eyes peeled for that one boys good to know and that is the show for today it was great having craig back the three of us on the mic please join us again next week for what undoubtedly be a lot more news join us in the crypto curious facebook page because we put some extra bites of information in there make sure that you subscribe so you're getting our podcast each week and you can get in contact with us at podcast at getbamboo.io thanks for listening and bye for now bye there you go you have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.